joined, as always, by Matt. Hello, Aaron. Hello. Ah, here we are. It's been so long. It's been a while. It's been a while. We've got our Christmas lights on. Oh, we sure do. We've got our our green lamp. It's green. Um, is it good for the environment? Also, no. Probably not. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Probably real hard to recycle that light bulb. I would imagine so. It's got a lot of components. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Earth's gotta die sometime. We'll right? all be dead so soon. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's good to be here. Yeah. 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 Sorry, it's been so long, mm-hmm. everybody. Um, just you know, things happen sometimes, and well, I mean, you went on vacation, and yeah, yeah. Just our schedules never lined up in order to make it happen but we're back and that's all that matters yeah we're back we're having a good time yeah we watched a movie well well, yeah yep (laughs) technically this is technically a movie i Mm -hmm. guess but before Um, that we should talk about current events mm mm-hmm let me just bring up ctv news real quick oh boy what's going on um what's going on in the world a mass shooting probably yeah i'm gonna put my phone away yeah uh, i don't want to know <laughs> <laughs> i'm one of those people who never reads the news because yeah. i can't um handle it emotionally i mean yeah so we've probably watched too much stuff to try and recap like all the things we've seen that we like yeah and whatnot. yeah um but i know for a fact we've both been watching the current season of the mandalorian yes mandalorian <clears throat> season three I and how how do you feel? Yeah, so um uh it's what's the word? Bad? Yeah. Yeah. That kinda, was the word. Yeah. Was, I kind of feel like that is yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's like I feel like each episode has been its own brand of bad. But consistently just like the writing is bad, especially think trying to like draw like a seasonal arc. Oh, that's the worst part mm-hmm. for sure. I think there have been individual episodes on their own that have been kind of fun. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know, them trying to figure out what was wrong with the droids that were going haywire. That was kind of fun. Uh, uh Them <laughs> rolling in with the Mandalorians to fight the pirates. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Um but it doesn't negate the fact that they've uh done a complete 180 on Dinjarin's character arc. Yep. Not to mention if you hadn't seen the book of Boba Fett, you'd have no fucking idea what was going on. Yeah. <clears throat> like Yeah. Like okay. 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 Okay, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. On. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, the glasses are off. Okay. <laughs> so, the entire point of the first two seasons of The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. as far as I could tell from a storytelling perspective, the story right. they were telling was, mm-hmm. here's a man yeah. who lives by a strict code Yes. that's enforced by a cult. Basically. That is wrong. Correct. 
and he is given the chance to recognize that when he meets Grogu. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that he uh, cares for this child and wants to protect this child because he's tired of feeling alone. Because he's part of a society that isolates themselves from everyone, including people in their own society, by shielding their faces from everyone and living in secret and never being seen together. And so they develop a family unit, and it's about him coming to terms with the the fact that the way he's been brought up his entire life is maybe not correct mm-hmm. necessarily uh or or what's right for him let's say yeah let's just a... say it's not even right or wrong it's just not right for him that's a better way of putting it yeah um I mean, Death Watch is literally ISIS. We can get into that later, um, but but we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you watch the Clone Wars, they are. Um, yeah, yeah. So his entire arc has been: I need to protect this child, and I need to return him to his people, being the Jedi, mm-hmm. because that's where he came from right in season three we see him getting rescued by jar jar binks himself from the temple not jar jar but the actor oh that's why that guy was familiar yeah it's on med best oh that's kind of that's kind of cute yeah he gets to play two characters in star wars lucky bastard lucky bastard you know but like that's why it was such a big deal in still the best episode of the entire show is that episode in season two where he has to take off his helmet in the imperial base they do like the yeah this is the entire the best episode in the entire show um i can even deal with the luke skywalker ex machina um ending of season one you know even though it makes all of the characters that we've been following for the entire show completely static by just bringing in luke at the end and he kills all the droids and saves the day because it's the end of season two sorry right end of season two yeah because you still get what did i say season one season one okay end of season two because you still get a cathartic ending to the mandalorian's storyline where he's like i'm gonna show this kid my face because last time i'm gonna see him and i want him to know what i look like because i feel like it's important for us we bonded on such a yeah emotional like i like i want to show him who i truly am Mm-hmm. that's special yeah end of story it's done yeah the story is done now <laughs> <laughs> um but they've got to ring it for all it's worth uh because it's like the highest rated show on disney plus so they got to keep making it that's a that's not a good reason no uh and like i feel like also you can make it without grogu probably yeah, that's kind of one of the one of the biggest like obvious flaws in the show of season three specifically is Grogu because he's, he serves no point now. He serves no point is like in the way, you know, when in that episode where you're talking about where it was like, oh, it's kind of fun when they had to go fight those droids. Grogu couldn't be there for that. Otherwise, it wouldn't have worked. And so yeah. Grogu hangs out with Lizzo the whole time. Yeah. 
and like has a ball and helps her cheat at aristocratic like f- future croquet yeah and and gets knighted and gets knighted what the <laughs> fuck um yeah and then like most recently now it's like oh hey we we rebuilt i ig 11 um yeah he gets a mech suit but but like yeah it, it wouldn't work properly so it's a it's a yeah it's a mech suit and then Grogu gets in it, and now Grogu is more annoying because he has more of his own agency. He's not just floating around in a little pram. Yeah. Um. But then it was also like it. It was so ham-fisted. Yeah. To be like, oh, okay, so now now Grogu can run around with all the Mandalorians as they go take retake Mandalore without just being in a floating pram, but still not doing anything. Yeah, still not doing anything. Like I don't. I th- I think like for me personally I don't care about the whole Mandalorian retake Mandalore I don't care about that agreed plot I don't, they haven't given me a reason to care about why like for why I should care about that yeah um which by the way can I just point out to yeah. like it was ah uh, it was so stupid because grief Karga. Cargo? Carga. Carga, yeah. Yeah. Offers the Mandalorian a plot of land at the beginning of this season. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. Can't do that. And he's like, all right, that's fine. Um, But then, you know, he comes around on the offer when it's like, oh, okay, what if, what if the covert that used to hide here, hide underneath this city, mm-hmm. came back as heroes by fighting pirates. Yeah. And then like was given a plot of land, given a place to call home where they did yeah. not have to hide. And I'm like, oh, this kind of comes full circle that they're coming back to this place where they had to fight grief cargo once upon a time and all those yeah. bounty hunters. But like come back and like be able to actually call it home and not hide. Like that's so cool. Yeah. And then they come back and then Grief Cargo's like, welcome the Mandalorians, the heroes. They're going to live here now. And then the Forge Master's like, it's time to retake Mandalore. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> where did that even come from? Like that same episode. Yeah. She's like, you got to go get the other Mandalorians. But like, and by the way, apparently there's only two factions of Mandalorians in the entire universe. I mean, it's definitely been alluded to that there are so many factions. Yeah. She's like, we gotta unite all of Mandalore, but mostly just us and then the other people you used to hang out with. Yeah. There's like 30 or so people, maybe. Yeah. It's like, you guys really need a whole planet? You got 30 people. <laughs> seems like seems like the plot of land that was offered to you in a place that already likes and respects you would have been a pretty chill deal. Yeah. But also, maybe y'all should take your helmets off in front of each other maybe that's why your numbers are so small mm. y'all can't reproduce I hadn't do they even, do it with their helmets I, on yes they must right this is the way <laughs> <laughs> oh um no head in mandalorian society nope rude that sucks for them but like they they're so like they're gadget advanced doesn't there's gotta be there's gotta be some stuff you know you know, a little hose that you could put down there and you <laughs> through the, I, who knows, <laughs> you know, uh, 
Uh, if there is uh, any uh, fan fiction based around no. this, uh, leave no. it in the comments. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Retrocrappod at gmail.com. Send me the links. I want to know. I'm sure there's um, too much of it. I'm sure there is as well. Um, uh, ooh, I guess the question is, is there any overlap between the people who definitely write this and the people who listen to our podcast? That would be interesting. To that know. would be interesting to know. Retrocrappod at gmail.com. Send it to me. I want to know about it. As much details as possible, please. We will talk about it. We will talk about it on the show, guaranteed. Um, so, yeah, I just, I find, A, the Mandalorian now is kind of just like a static character in his own show. He has no purpose. Yeah. Which um, was kind of already happening in season two for a big chunk of it. But. A little bit. There was a lot of, like, he goes to a planet and makes a new friend. Yeah. Which, and I mean, to be fair... Like, it happens three episodes in a row. <laughs> yeah, it does. He like, goes to the one planet, makes friends with Bo-Katan. She's like, you gotta go find Ahsoka Tano. And he's like, she's like, uh, hey, I'm Ahsoka Tano. We can be friends. You gotta take Grogu to Tython to sit on the rock. And then they go to Tython, and then Boba Fett shows up, and he's like, hey, I want my armor back. And, uh... That was pretty good. No, thanks. <laughs> and he's like, um... Okay, but help me kill these stormtroopers real quick. And they're like, okay. I got my gaffy stick. I'll beat them to death. And he does it. And he it's does. pretty sick. He does beat them to death. Um... And it's just like, every episode, he makes a new friend. And then the episode after that, he goes back and picks up What's-Her-Face, and they go to the prison planet, and they pick up What's-His-Name, and then they go and do another thing. He's just grabbing friends left and right. Yep. Yeah. Just can't stop making friends. Just like the littlest hobo. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> the littlest Mando. Oh! But it's like if the littlest hobo, like, brought everyone he met in like every episode like into the next episode so by the end of the season there's just like 30 people being like why are we following a dog <laughs> yeah i'm so far from home <laughs> i got on this train with a random dog and now here i am the middle of alberta for no reason <laughs> like yeah no it's like it's a valid question it's it's annoying because I feel like both Dave Filoni and John Favreau on their own should know how to tell a good story. And I feel like there's there's something going on. Like season one had such potential. Right? Because yeah. that was pretty much just John Favreau. And then like Dave Filoni got more seems like he got more responsibility in season two and he's like, Well, I'm gonna bring in my Clone Wars characters bringing Boba Fett right. so then there's a lot of like introducing Clone Wars characters into live action and then like season three is just like it's like the Bo-Katan show basically yeah you know because it's had a lot more to she's the only one with with a character arc this season yeah 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 so it's it's just it's completely baffling to me why they they feel the need to undo like from episode one when he's like i need to bathe in the living waters of mandalore and i'll be redeemed i'm like why why do you care yeah why are you relapsing you should yeah like actually though like you shouldn't care like you uh, proven that you've moved beyond this yeah it was a real regression it's so fucking frustrating and like i i i have a sneaking suspicion as to why uh, and that is, I don't believe Pedro Pascal filmed any of this season. 
because he was busy filming The Last of Us. Do you think so? That he just came in and did the voice acting? I, I'm pretty sure. I know that... <sighs> I mean, I've seen stuff from some of the directors. And, and they've done this a lot already on the show. Like, going back to season one, the body double does a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, there are There are three people who play the Mandalorian, right? Like, physically? Yeah. Uh, there's at least two. Because I think, I think I remember there being, in the like the making of, there's like one one person who who wears the suit for like, for like physical like fighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's one person who's like a professional gun handler. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll, I've seen one photo of one of the guys like in the armor and he, I think he's like the main guy. Hmm. this season that does most of the stuff and then yeah like pedro would come in and do the episodes where he needed to be there or when he was available yeah um but yeah i think he just does the voice this Hmm. season because he was busy with the last of us with the last of us um it's like we might not see his face all season hmm um Which will be interesting. Um, and I don't like it. Because I was thinking we were probably going to see a lot more of him this season. Yeah. So but like, no. maybe that was a reason why they were like, oh, we should like have him go back and be redeemed because we can't have him take his helmet off all season. But but honestly, it felt more like, oh, we need him to go back to Mandalore so that Katie Sackoff can come yeah. and see the Mythosaur. Yeah. Which is a really stupid name. I just want to... S- I just want to throw it out. Mythosaur, dumb name. That's fine. Yeah. I don't like it. Because um, really, again, it seems like there is a story happening adjacent to Din Djarin, and it's not his story. And I mean, there's so many ways you could have done it better, right? Like, you could have had, Absolutely. hey, you could have had Katie Sackoff coming after him because he has the Darksaber. Yes. And she's like, I need to defeat you in combat. Which, sorry to interrupt you, but like... I thought for sure in that episode where they waste a bunch of time fighting droids and turns out that the doctor, the, the mad scientist from Back to the Future, was evil yeah. the whole time. Cool. None of that mattered. No. Um, they just came there to talk to Mandalorians. I, th- I was really hoping that they were going to go there. And like the whole reason they left is because she doesn't have the Darksaber. Yeah. I really was hoping that she was going to be like, hey, you're my fleet, bitches. Come back. And they were going to be like, you don't have the fucking dark saber. We're not going to follow you. And then it was going to be like the Mandalorian turns to Katie Sackoff. I keep forgetting her character's name. Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. That's, yeah. Then, then Din would turn to Bo-Katan and be like, let's fucking fight. Yeah. I was really hoping for a showdown between these two main characters, essentially. Yeah. Um... But instead, Bo-Katan just challenges the current leader, and then they fight, and then the current leader, as we all know, says, you can't lead because you don't have the Darksaber. So it was like, why did you fight? Yeah. There was no point. And of course, Din does nothing the whole time. Yeah. Just like the rest of the season. And then eventually steps in to be like, well, actually, you know what? Some guy, some guy trapped me. I got, I got caught by surprise. 
and then he took the dark saber and then Bo-Katan took the dark saber from him so and I've been holding on to it like a dumbass yeah so actually I'm just gonna give it to her so hey now your problem is solved yeah but like you could have done so many things right yeah, like it was so lazy um Bo-Katan could have been hunting him down trying to get it would have been and he could be like, you know, I don't want to fight you for it. Like, I'll give it to you. And she's like, that's not how it works. We have to fight. And he's like, I don't want to fight. Yeah. We're not going to fight. That would have been interesting. Instead um, of Bo-Katan just like being depressed on an empty throne somewhere. Yeah. Or you could have had, you know, Moff Gideon escapes and Bo-Katan is hunting him down. And that's what brings her back to Mandalore. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, the planet isn't toxic, and also fucking Moff Gideon is there. Let's go get him. Yeah. Instead of him just showing up, surprising all the Mandalorians, even though we knew that yeah. he would be there. Yeah. He just escaped <sighs> off screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Stupid. Yep. Stupid. Lazy and dumb writing this yep. season. From a show that, for the most part, has been pretty good up till now. Season I, season two's fan service heavy character drops notwithstanding. Yeah, I honestly I have seen season one like three or four times. Yeah, because it was very enjoyable. Yeah, I have only seen season two once because it wasn't. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm only gonna finish. There's one episode left. I'm pretty there's sure. One episode left. Yeah. The only reason I'm gonna finish it is because there's one left. Mm-hmm. I if there were like three left, I would have been like, I'm done. Yeah, no, I, yeah, this is, I, too, this is too much. Fair, it's fair. Um, yeah. but I mean, so now they're gonna be wrapping everything up though in a in a movie. I'm sorry, what? So you, uh, yeah, you didn't hear about that? Uh, no, what? <laughs> okay, so for uh, at Star Wars Celebration, which happened last weekend. Mm. Uh, they announced three new movies. Who knows if any of them are gonna actually? Yeah, get I was about made. to say. Who cares? Um, they announced some movies. Whoopty shit. <laughs> um, so a couple of them sound cool. They're doing one with Ray. Daisy Ridley's coming back. But, uh, for what? They're doing a movie with the character of Ray. Do we know anything else about it? No. Is it? She's gonna be it? rebuilding the Jedi Order. It's post Rise of Skywalker. Okay. But anyways, the Mandalorian thing. Dave Filoni is going to be directing a movie that's going to be wrapping up uh, probably the Grand Admiral Thrawn storyline. So they, they said it's going to be wrapping up the interconnected storylines of Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka. And I'm like, they're not that interconnected. Yeah. The most interconnection that the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian had... They met? Or that they they met. Well, the, there was one episode in the Book of Boba Fett that was just about the Mandalorian the whole time. Yeah, and that wasn't interconnectivity. <laughs> yeah. And then he shows up in the next episode and is like, yeah, sure, I'll help you out, whatever. Yeah. Um, And Basically. then uh, the Ahsoka show... Right, is the... I saw some some like picks is the ahsoka show going to feature characters from star wars rebels yeah because i saw um did you see the trailer i didn't see the trailer i just saw a shot of the twi'lek pirate or sorry pilot yeah so harrison is in it um chopper's in it and sabine is in it 
Mm. And it's going to be... Did you watch all the Rebels? No, I didn't finish it. Oh, okay. Well, spoilers. Uh, It's about Ahsoka and Sabine going off to try and find Ezra, who at the end of season four of Star Wars Rebels... um, Oh. Used the force to call a bunch of space whales that can travel through hyperspace. I'm not making this up. I... Travel through hyperspace uh, to come and grab the starship that him and Grand Admiral Thrawn were both on and launch them off into unknown space. Okay. Um, I need I need you to to hit me with those facts one more time. Okay. While I try to digest them. Ezra Bridger. Yes. Uses the force. Okay. To call a bunch of space whales. Yeah, but. That can travel through hyperspace. Stay with okay. me. Okay. To hey, wait, grab. Didn't, didn't we see a shot in hyperspace and there were some whales in it? Didn't that happen in something? In the Mandalorian, yeah. Oh, in this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that just because? Probably. Uh, okay. Please continue. Whales uh, travel through hyperspace. To grab the Star Destroyer that Ezra and Grand Admiral Thrawn were both on and launch them into unknown space. Into unknown space. I don't remember why Ezra didn't just kill Grand Admiral Thrawn because it seems like it'd be pretty easy if they're both on the same ship and one of them's a Jedi and the other one is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. Um, but whatever. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's how Rebels uh, Season 4 ended. Fuck. There was an episode where they they encountered some space whales called the Purgle that could travel through hyperspace. Okay. Uh, And then at the end of Season 4, they they got brought back. Yeah, that was a thing. That was was the plot. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's bad. So they're going off to find them. So it's presumably Ezra will also be in the show at some point. Um, wow. Because I guess, I don't know, Dave Filoni can't leave anything alone. Uh, yeah, it's like a blanket statement. I think that might be true. Yeah. Given the evidence that we currently have streaming on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know. I I'm hoping though that in the Ahsoka show, given that he seems to be the sole creative voice in that show, that it will be more cohesive and focused. Because he's proven himself to be a good storyteller in other mediums. Yes, absolutely. Space whales might be a bit goofy, but yes. like the the emotional payoff of the ending of Rebels is good. Space whales, notwithstanding. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think. But that's just a personal taste thing for me. You know, I'm yeah. like, okay, that's a bit fucking goofy. Is it, is it whales or is it dolphins that say so long and thanks for all the fish in Hitchhiker's Guide? It's dolphins? Okay. But it is space whales in Star Trek. Well, those are earth whales that go to space and then go to the future. Sorry, I asked. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a probe there trying to find whales, and for whatever reason, the transmission of the probe trying to find whales is causing 
geological disaster on Earth, and if the Enterprise doesn't bring some whales back to Earth for them to respond to the probe, the entire planet's going to be destroyed? Again, I'm sorry I asked. (laughs) It's one of the better Star Trek movies. (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Um, And I don't think it's hard, you'd be hard-pressed to find people who agree with that statement, is the weird thing. Sad. I don't know if that means that movie's actually good or if that just means most of the other Star Trek movies are that bad. Oh, I think we all know it's the latter. <laughs> um, wow, wild, wild shit. Um, yeah. Well, honestly, I really hope that the Ahsoka show is actually good because Ahsoka is like a really good character. Yeah, and oh, it has for sure. one of the most important and dynamic arcs in all of Star Wars canon. Mm-hmm. And also one of the best character reversals ever in terms of fan uh, opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty strong. Um, It's been interesting, actually. My partner watched the Ahsoka trailer and was like, we should watch some Clone Wars because I don't know who this person is and I would like to know. Oh, and so I'm like, oh my god, I've been waiting for a girlfriend to come to me and say, <laughs> will you watch Star Wars cartoons with me for my entire life? So like, yes. Dream come true. Let's watch. Amazing. And so we've been watching Clone Wars. Uh, just not not the entire show. We've just kind of been going through and um, picking some of the like key Ahsoka arcs to watch. Um, uh, okay, yeah. And then we're going to, I think we're going to try and watch all of Rebels. Nice. Because it looks like the Rebels storyline is going to be pretty integral to understanding what's going on in Ahsoka. So seems like it, man. I wonder how that will play with uh, viewers that haven't dabbled in the Star Wars animation universe at all. Yeah, that are just coming from like the movies and Mandalorian and stuff like that. Time will tell. Yeah. Well, I think we've put this off long enough. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Good, good venting about the Mandalorian being shitty and. Yeah. Speaking of being shitty. Uh oh. <laughs> we watched. Uh, Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Right, that was the title. <laughs> and I just want you to know, I blame you for this. Uh, yep. No, I <laughs> I was fully given a range of choices. We could have watched Blood Surf. And I watched this one. <laughs> It was funny that the range of choices was um, just a movie called Crocodile. Yeah. Right? About a giant crocodile. Well, let's let's back it up a little bit here. Okay. I, I, came, yeah. I texted you the other day and I was like, hey, how do you feel about giant crocodile movies? And you were like, I don't know, like, whatever. I'm pretty sure my exact response was ellipses ambivalent? <laughs> Question mark. And I was um, like, great. Well, I have six giant crocodile <laughs> movies. Uh... More than I thought you would have. How I got them is not important. Look, I was on Craigslist when I shouldn't have been. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> That's a dangerous statement. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up with six giant crocodile movies that I now have to try and get rid of. Um, but I was like, oh, a couple of these look like they might be kind of fun and dumb. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll bring over like my top three choices. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Four of the six were Lake Placid movies. Right. So I brought over Lake Placid versus Anaconda. One that was just called Crocodile, which is directed by the guy that did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. 
And then the third one is a movie I'd never heard of before called Blood Surf. Which, which is another term for being on your period. We learned today, yes. Yeah. Um, but it also looks like it combines surfing and giant saltwater crocodiles. And I'm like, that looks rad and, and gnarly and tubular. So Absolutely. I think, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> not to not to jump too far ahead, but in the movie that we did watch, the best kill was while someone was wakeboarding. It was one of my favorites. That was pretty good. Yeah. It was one of the few that you actually get to see on screen. Yes. That was probably why it stuck out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked the one in the car, but we can get to that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. Um, so yeah, I had to choose between these three and I thought, well, if we're going giant crocodile, we might as well also go giant anaconda while we're at it. Which is fair. It's a, it's a fair, you know, I see how you got there. Yeah. Um, was it the right call? We'll never know. I don't know. But it wasn't. But I also can't tell you if any of the other calls would have been any better. Yeah. Yeah. So Only one way to find out. <laughs> ooh, cool. I'm going to hang on to Blood Surf for it's a while. It's croc year, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I don't have any better ideas, so. <laughs> <laughs> we could just do croc year. Um, so this is the fifth installment in both the Anaconda and the Lake Placid franchises. Mm. Uh, real quick, have you seen any movies no. from either of those? Pro- no, you never. Not have. even a little bit. Okay, cool. I've seen the first Lake Placid. Oh, which is pretty fun. Okay, pretty fun movie. Betty White's in it. Great. Wild as always. Um, and I've seen the first two Anaconda movies. Uh, they're fun. They're fine. They're like okay. It's a giant snake eating people. I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, they both deal with boats going down the Amazon River. Cool. Uh, and I would say actually, maybe the second one is better. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, the first one, however, does have Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube in it. So there is oh, like that's. <laughs> But I think All right. I, di- I, I did just recently rewatch the second one because this lot of giant crocodile movies that I got also came with the Anaconda 4-pack. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Amazing. Um, I So, uh, yeah. So I've seen both Anaconda and Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid uh, somewhat recently. Okay. So you had a little bit more context than I did for this movie. Yeah. So like, did it change anything for no. you? No. Okay. Cool. Um because <laughs> I feel like most of the carryover continuity comes from the like Placid series. Um mm. that's where Robert Englund's character is from. That's where the sheriff character is from. Right. Uh I think the so the 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 corporation or whatever that was hiring the scientists and people to find the anacondas and do the thing. I think they're from the they're the same company in Anacondas, two, Hunt for the Blood Orchid because right. that's about them going to Borneo to try and get this blood orchid, mm-hmm. which is supposed to have the secret to DNA or cell regeneration. Yeah, it's all about find, getting immortality. Yeah, and then and, and not aging, right? And that's why the that's why the Anacondas are so big. Is because part of their diet, you know, it's gotten into the food chain. It's this very rare orchid that causes them to just keep regenerating because anacondas grow until they die. 
Yeah. And so that in that movie, they're like, oh, that's why they're so big. It's because they're eating the blood orchid and then they're just staying alive for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they just keep growing. Do snakes eat flowers? In this movie, they do. Okay. Or maybe they eat things that eat the flowers and then mm. through, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be so funny if like, like, you know, a little, a little herbivore, a little varmint just like sidles up on this flower and eats it. And it's like, little does it know that it could live forever Yeah, because it ate that flower. Too bad there's a giant fucking snake behind it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. They Why don't... didn't they just eat the anacondas? If the anacondas are eating creatures that have eaten the blood orchid and are living forever, just eat the anac- just eat some snake meat. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Get some anaconda kebabs. Yeah. Could do. I don't know. They said something in this movie about it being lethally toxic. Oh, that did come up. Yeah, yeah. no, it'll kill you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that, I don't know if that was in reference to eating anacondas or if there was with the snake or whatever, but I think that's why they were doing the the trials because the only other species on the planet that can be compatible with the genetic makeup of the orchid is this rare species of crocodile that lives in one very particular lake in upstate New York. Only one lake in the entire world. Black Lake. I'm called Lake Placid. One like Yeah, I was kind of there's Black Lake, and then they go to Clear Lake. Yep. And I'm like, well, they never say Lake Placid in this movie. Except near the end, when she's like, the town of Lake Placid is going to go bankrupt. I'll sue you into the ground. I'm oh, evil. Oh, that's right. And I'm like, So Lake it? Placid is the name of the town? I guess. But the town is near two lakes, and neither of them are named Lake Placid? And would you want to go swimming in a lake named Lake Placid? I don't even know what Placid means, but it sounds like flaccid, and I don't want to... Well, it, it doesn't mean flaccid. Um, placid, placid is like, um, oh shit, how do I describe it? Oh, let's look it up. I mean, One sec. I would also, would I want to go swimming in Erection Lake? Also, maybe not. Yeah, that sounds fun. Placid. Not Ooh, easily, something. not easily upset or excited. Yeah. <laughs> so it is the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> It's the opposite of Boner Lake. <laughs> I like, I like how the 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 example sentence is: "This horse has a placid nature." <laughs> That's fun. The placid waters of a small lake. Lake Placid. T H X. There we go. Um, <laughs> sound is happening to you <laughs> i miss that sound man yeah dude if you i would wake up and then i'd be like no where's THX? dude if i sat down in a movie theater and all of a sudden i heard like that sound i'd be like oh this movie's gonna be good you know what you wouldn't be i would not be placid <laughs> my friend <laughs> i would be easily upset or excited <laughs> One or the two. Because if the movie sucked, I'd be like, what a waste of THX. But at least I got to hear that sound. At least you got to hear that sound. Yeah. Um, You should just download that sound bite and like make it your alarm clock or something. Oh, that's, not, that's not a terrible idea. <laughs> Fine. The sound, yeah, I might actually do that. That sounds good. Okay. Go. Um, 
Yeah, so... Following the plot was difficult. Yes. I don't know if we had seen all the other movies, if it would be better or not. I doubt it. I also kind of doubt it. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, this is it's a crossover between those two franchises. It's a made-for-TV movie. Which already tells you a lot. Already tells you a lot. And I guess, like... All of the Lake Placid sequels and the last two Anaconda sequels have all been like direct to sci-fi channel TV movie, DVD movie kind of things. So that tracks. Yeah. So I I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't <laughs> expecting this. Hmm. Or in a way I was expecting this, but it was so much worse hmm. than I could have imagined. Like, straight off the bat, visual effects, terrible. Oh, yeah. Like, one of the first shots that we get is of, like, the side of the head of a crocodile, like, facing forward as if there was a GoPro on the side of a crocodile's head, just, like, crawling along the forest floor. Yeah. Um... You know, classically, crocodiles love forests. Yeah. Um, Obviously. And it was just like, wow. Like a, like a, just a toenail above reboot, basically. It was like. <laughs> it's it's like video game cutscene graphics, but in drop, but, just dropped into a live action setting. But from like, like PlayStation 1. Yeah. With like <laughs> no, but also with like no attempt to, to blend it into the scene. Yeah. Like, the lighting is not right. There's, like, no contact shadows. There's, like, nothing going on. Yeah, not a lot of budget, I am assuming. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing all of the effect shots in this were done in, like, a week. Probably. And you get one pass at them. And whatever (laughs) you get is what you get. Like, anytime there's crocodiles or snakes eating someone... It looks so bad. You can see like the footage like clipping out from the, the special effects, the, the the CGI models and stuff. Like, yeah, oh, it's it's rough, tragically bad. But that's not even the worst part. What is the worst part, Aaron? Um, tell me about well, it. Well, the worst. Okay. Uh, oh, I will just say on on the special effects level. I would have been a lot more forgiving of it if they had tried a little bit to do, like, some practical stuff here and there. Like, Mm. if they had spent the money to make, like, a crocodile head that they could, like, chomp down on someone's leg with in, like, a close-up. And then when you cut to the wide shot, obviously it's the bad CGI, but, like, the close-up is the thing. I would have been a lot more forgiving of the bad special effects if they had tried to do good special effects where they could. Fair. But they didn't. Nope. Um, but the worst part about this movie is everything else that happens <laughs> in it. Uh, and that's me making a joke, but also being serious. Oh, yeah. No, that's um, bad. Okay. Where do we start? Um, right. Well, let's start at the beginning. Okay. So. I don't want to get stuck into a plot recap on this one, though, because, like, what's the point? Yeah, why don't... Well, <laughs> yeah, so basically the beginning of the movie is just a lot of different beginnings 
where we're constantly being introduced to new people and new factions until about like halfway through the movie where they start interacting. Mm-hmm. And it's that's why it's so hard to keep track of the plot. Yeah. Um, so why don't we just try to talk about all of the different moving pieces in this plot instead of what they do? Because what they do sure. is, is nothing slash die or, yeah. or shoot crocodiles. So you got Robert Englund yeah. as Jimmy... Long John Silver Rick or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically, he, I guess he's returning from at least the last movie, if maybe the one before. Who knows? Um, and he has lost an eye and a hand and a foot, all to crocodiles. But he knows how to hunt them and he knows how to track them. Sure does. So you got him in there with this other guy whose name is Beach. Yep. Uh, and they're trying to catch a crocodile so that they can take the DNA for the crocodile and put it into a female anaconda that's one of these super anacondas. Yep. Because uh, she's about to lay her eggs. Yep. And then they're going to get some weird crocaconda hybrids. And they do say the word crocaconda, they do say crocaconda. in this movie. And why um, that wasn't the title of the movie, I'll never know. Right? Like, I know you gotta be like, hey, this is a mashup, but like... Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Yeah. Like, the call town. it like, like Crocaconda, Return to Lake Placid or something like that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's already better. Great. Um, hire me, Sci-Fi Channel. I would love to make your garbage giant <laughs> animal movies. Honestly? Yeah. That sounds great. Um. Uh, I also have issues with the sizing of the creatures in this movie because I feel like it varies wildly. Oh, you noticed that? Uh, yeah. Because at the <laughs> at the beginning, the there's like three anacondas mm-hmm. and one of these giant crocodiles all in the back of a semi trailer, and like yeah, it's like a portable lab. Kind portable of lab, and like the anacondas are like in glass containment cells, like in the wall that has like the gloves that you can like put your hands yeah, in and like incubation chambers or something. Yeah, it's like you know, you see in like people doing like nuclear fission stuff, they stick their hand in the gloves and they're doing. Totally. So they, they got those right. So they're, and then later the anaconda is big enough to crush a fucking SUV. Well, you see, um, it's older. At that point, it's a it's a day <laughs> older. <laughs> yeah, I got no clue. I don't know, dude. Like, but also, like, you know, they obviously the gator wakes up and sorry, croc. The yes, croc wakes you. up and starts wrecking shit, and the uh, the uh, semi truck crashes in the mobile lab. Oh explodes yeah, explodes. Like the, the crocodile starts to wake up, and one of the scientists is like, "The crocodile's waking up," and then the Mister Beach is like, that's impossible. I gave it enough tranquilizer to put down an elephant for a week. And (laughs) one of the doctors turns to look at him because clearly this statement is now causing him more concern (laughs) than the crocodile who's waking up and getting through his restraints (laughs) and looks at him very seriously and says, you know this isn't an elephant, right? (laughs) Oh, so dumb. (laughs) So dumb. At I which mean, point, of course, the crocodile breaks free of yeah. its very measly restraints. Yeah. And starts to eat a mofo. Yeah. So, like, you know, the, the, but like, yeah. So you see the, the anaconda, you know, the truck crashes or whatever, and the lab starts to bust open. And you see this anaconda, like, pouring out of the fucking lab trailer. And yeah. it's so long. It's just, like, so much snake coming out of this trailer. So it's like, much snake. Where was that? 
Like, there's enough snake in there to, like, take up the entire trailer, but we're supposed to believe it's in, like, a tiny little box, like, in the wall of the lab, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like, and same with the gators. The gators seem to change size. Willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. There's one uh, croc that eats a guy while he's wakeboarding, and that one looks huge, like, enough to fit an entire grown man in his jaws and close it. Yes. And then, like, later, you know, one gets run over by an SUV and dies. Yeah, like and it's like slightly larger than an actual croc would be. But like the best part of that scene is that we get an aerial view of this SUV driving away from the alligators, and it's obvious. It's just like you know CGI alligators superimposed onto this like yeah this shot, and then they yeah run over one head and it squishes like a fucking ripe oh pops, jack-o'-melon. pops like a grape yeah. Um, but they put no effort in, so of course the vehicle does not move. No, they didn't even put anything for it to run over. The vehicle just goes straight. Yeah, and this giant crocodile head explodes underneath its wheel, and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and then the wakeboarding shot was actually great because the wakeboarder, like, catches some sick wake. And, like, goes to do a flip. And so yeah. is upside down in midair as the water's splashing. And then the <laughs> the crocodile just comes... <laughs> and just grabs him by the head and pulls him down. Yeah. Um, really, really quickly. Uh, it was funny to me. I don't know why. I really liked that one in particular. No, fair. It was good. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's also very croc-heavy. There's so many crocodiles and exactly three anacondas. Yeah. And all three, we see them at the beginning and then in the last like 10 minutes. Yeah. Basically. But also there's like what, like in one scene, there's literally like 30 or 40 crocodile babies. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, absolutely. So when we are introduced to one of our main characters who is a fish and wildlife conservation officer. Yeah. Um, we see him because he pulls up um, to some dude who has, like, a dead deer in the back of his truck and a dead deer on the hood of his car. He's obviously out there hunting. Yeah, hunting off-season, you know. Yeah, in, like, a conservation zone. Yeah. And so he's coming, like, and they clearly know each other. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hit my car or whatever, whatever. And he's he's a dumb little bitch, and yeah. he gets a ticket for killing deer in a conservation zone. Yeah. And then we cut back to him and his dumb son still hunting oh, yeah. in the same place. And like the kid goes, he's like, I'm hungry. And he goes back to the car to get some food. And then a swarm, enormous swarm, like a plague of tiny baby alligators comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Fully devours this man entirely, and the kid screams and runs off. Yeah. Never see that kid again. Never see that kid again. That hunter didn't matter at all. Yeah. But also, we never saw a pregnant crocodile. No. We never had any reason to think that there would be tiny baby crocodiles. Correct. That are like piranhas on land. Mm -hmm. And then they also never come up ever again. Correct. Yes. So there was just a lot of... <laughs> there was a lot of me in this movie just turning to look at you for for desperate for answers so desperate for any answer just looking at you being like hey so what the fuck and obviously you you had 
nothing to give me. No, nothing. I'm like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> yeah. Baby crocodiles in this season or in this scene. What do you want me to say? There was no. nothing to. Yeah, nothing to. Do I don't know that. where the, I'm watching the same movie. You are. <laughs> <laughs> it made no sense. Yeah. And there were so many scenes like that where it was yeah. like, why did this happen? Well, yeah. So when we meet uh, our other main character, Reba, who also is from the previous couple Lake Placid movies, perhaps. Right. That's the sheriff. Yeah. The sheriff. Uh, she she's I feel like she wasn't always a sheriff and she's become a sheriff. What's funny about her is that she's the sheriff of Lake Placid, but she is consistently throughout the entire movie very easily upset or excited. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of a misnomer. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but in the in the opening scene or her opening scene where we meet her, uh, she gets confronted by a woman. She gets confronted by a woman who is looking for her daughter. Her daughter's gone missing. She's handing out missing persons flyers. Oh God, right? Yeah. And she's like, you know, she's like, okay, yeah, we'll keep an eye out. And then, you know, she's talking to the mayor and she's like, look, I'm not concerned about this. Her daughter's a grown woman. She probably ran off with her boyfriend. Yeah. It's family matter. I'm not going to waste my time on it. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, and then we meet that daughter. Yeah. And she's incredibly naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, her boyfriend, you know, shows up. And she's very upset that her mom used such a hideous picture of her in the missing post, missing person's poster. Yeah. And that's what she's most upset about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... It's the only thing that she's upset about. Yeah. And then her boyfriend's like, oh, no, you look great, baby. And you look so hot and you look so smart. Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. And then she's like, God, I love it when a man loves me for my brain and not my body. And then she starts to like throw him around and like rip his clothes off. Yeah. And like she like makes makes a, a joke or like, makes a comment about like, you like it rough. Right. Yeah. And his response was like, she, kind like, of? she like bites him on the lip and she she's fully, like slapping she him. She fully and... punches him in the gut. Oh, yeah, ribs. she punches him in the gut. That's right. <laughs> just, like, like, just a punch. She just like, punches him in the gut and throws him down onto the bed. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so out of left field. Like, yeah. The tone of this movie didn't know where it lived yeah so then she hops on top of him and they start going at it and uh it like pans down to underneath the bed and there's just an alligator down there or crocodile Crocodile, thank you uh just you know getting bonked in the head by the head by the bed frame as it sags underneath them fucking on it and then it cuts to outside the cabin and you hear them screaming yeah was it a cabin it's a cabin or a motel or something. I don't know. Yeah, like we had no idea where they were. No, or but they're they're how the hell an crocodile? I almost said alligator. Would have gotten under the bed. They just, None of it made any sense. They just existed in that that scene. Just existed to put some tits in the movie. Yes. Because she wakes up, she's got a thong on that's like pulled halfway down her butt already, and then she rolls over and she's not wearing a shirt. And I was surprised, honestly, at how many boobs were in this movie. That was a TV movie. Mm-hmm. And also surprised at how little gore was in this movie. Yeah. And I think maybe they were saving a lot of the gore for the end. Like, maybe... Because, like, that scene I could see, you know, is only put in the movie for the DVD release. 
Right. Because it doesn't have anything to do with the plot, right? Like most of the scenes. Like most of the scenes. Uh, and, you know, there's a couple other scenes, like when they go wakeboarding, and the guy's like, huh, you know the tops are optional on my boat, baby. And she is like, oh, okay, that line really works. I guess I'll just take my top off. <laughs> yeah, well, she actually, like, she's trying to say, like, does that line actually work on people? And he's kind of like, uh, 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 doesn't know what to say. And then she t- takes her top off. Yeah. And I was like, why, what? I don't know. And there's, like, you know, another scene where, like, there, oh, there's sorority girls in this movie, by the way. And that's the actual worst part of this film. But also the least realistic. Also the least realistic. Um, And, then you know, there's, like, one shot of, like, one of the sorority girls, like, rubbing tanning oil on the other one and she's completely topless and i'm like okay you could cut a lot of the nudity out of this for tv i guess so maybe they just did some you know shots just for the dvd kind of thing maybe um but the lack of gore yeah i'm like if you're doing excessive nudity for the dvd why not throw in some like i mean i guess it's harder to do i guess you have to try if you yeah. get fake blood, their effort is required. Yeah. Yes. This is true. Yeah. You just pay an actress a couple hundred bucks extra to take her top off versus. Yeah. Learn how to do gore. Learn how to do gore. <laughs> Go buy fake blood. Yeah. And then you got to, if you mess it up, then you got to do it again. And then if you're doing. Got to make more fake blood. Well, yeah. And if you're doing unrated versus, you know, cut for TV, then like you can't have too much gore. Right, yeah. On the costumes, you're gonna have to yeah. multiple costumes. Okay, that makes yeah. kind of sense. Um, but but yeah, not a ton of. Wait, we've we been talking for two hours. What? No, we've only almost been talking for one hour. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's the first hour. Yes, gotcha. Okay, yeah, that the the first digit there starts at one. We're at fifty eight minutes. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. good. Um, and yeah, until the end, then we get some explosive gore. Oh yeah. 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 Um but yeah, okay, do you want to talk about the sorority girls? I, I mean, feel like that's no, but <laughs> so it is <sighs> cartoonish. Yeah. It's is like the only word I can think of to describe it. Yeah. It's so it's such it was so it was such I didn't enjoy it. No. It was bullshit. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, I've seen my fair uh, share of, you know, college frat comedies and stuff like that, where people are trying to rush frats and then they got to do gross stuff and all that, you know, you do the hazing or whatever. I think the most realistic hazing kind of stuff that I've seen is is in the social network because it's like all like pretty tame stuff. Like they got to strip down to their underwear and, you know, run across uh, the square in harvard in the middle of the night in the middle of winter it's freezing cold right you know stuff like that where it's like it sucks to do but it's not like you know horribly degrade like i i don't know i don't know how realistic all the like horrible degrading hazing stuff that happens during rush week like i don't know how realistic all that is in this movie it was it was like 90 percent emotional abuse Yes, and verbal, ten, verbal and ten percent abuse. go in the lake. Go in, <laughs> go in the lake. That was it, right? So like yeah. they they rock up. Some of them are driving up, and some of them are already there. Yes, that and, is what happened. And there's like one girl and her lackey that are like the sorority sisters, and yeah. then the rest of them are rushes. 
So there's like 15 girls there. Only like two of them are actual sorority sisters. Just like that. Which felt weird too. Yes. Um. And so they like rock up on the beach, and you know, there's you know the girls are tanning and they're drinking beer, or whatever. They're having a good time, and it's like, um, do you bitches think this is a vacation? Get in the water. Get in the fucking water. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, oh, okay. Like, what are you like calling them all losers? Yeah, you guys are all losers. And the you know what it reminded me of? Hmm. Have you seen that video of uh, Michael Shannon reading? The soror- doing a dramatic reading of a email written by a sorority sister to her, the rest of her sorority chapter. No. Okay. Well, we'll watch it after this. But like, okay. <laughs> I feel like that was a big inspiration on whoever wrote this script because like all of that girl's dialogue, Tiffany, I think is her name. Sure. All of that girl's dialogue is sounds just like that. Like, there's a line in in that thing where she's like, "Newsflash, stupid fucking cocks." <laughs> a frat isn't gonna want to hang out with us if we fucking suck <laughs> that's right right so like and, and like and that exact dialogue is is like in um this lake plaza they're like you guys suck do you think that the frat brothers are gonna want to hang out with us if we fucking suck <laughs> yep that's right but yeah, like like all of their hazing was like they make them go into the water they're like ooh, be careful with the crocodiles and there's like two frat bros in the water with snorkels that like grab one of the girl's feet and freak her out yeah and of course like we think that it's the crocodile yeah but uh, but yeah they got us too like oh it was just frat boys um and then like a little while later when they're just hanging out on the beach having a good time and then the mega bitch is just like i'm bored make them go in the water again the water again yeah and then they go in the water and then the exact same girl who got tricked yeah when we thought she was obviously going to get eaten by a crocodile at that point does get eaten by a crocodile she does which just felt mean a little bit yeah um but i mean like i also didn't care enough yeah um but oh and just just yeah i guess <laughs> also to to point out one of the one of the pledges rushes what were they called yeah pledge rush yeah whatever one of the one of the girls is the daughter of the conservation officer which is why we even are introduced to this group at all yeah yeah they're Got mostly to there to be cannon fodder yes um but so many of them get eaten by crocodiles but yeah one of the girls like the main the main character i guess uh pretty much her her role is there to be in jeopardy so that we care we have an emotional anchor for the other guy like yeah. for her dad right <clears throat> so that he has a reason to want to get involved in this and continue being involved in this because he got to save his daughter mm-hmm. um but man the the special effects of some of the girls getting eaten as they're going out of the water oh my word like you can see the edges of the mask where they just like drew around them and like pushed the alligator face <laughs> around them and added some bad splash yep elements oh it's awful it was some um, grade a garbage can we talk about the adr i can't believe we haven't talked it's right off the bat the first scene when i have a theory but go ahead oh yeah but yeah like the first scene that we get in the movie you know right after we see the alligator run in with the thing it gets tranked or whatever and we're in the in that portable lab with the with mr beach 
um high house silver um and the doctors yeah like the scientists or whatever both of the scientists are fully 80 yard yeah like it's it's like it's that. not their voices at all and it's so awkward it's like that scene in the bottle episode in community where garrett's like mm, not yet i want to see what happens if we confiscate one of their pens yes <laughs> that is 100 percent what it's like and like that's what that voice sounds like too so i have a theory about this okay i looked up where this was filmed because i'm like i wonder if they filmed this in vancouver because like you know, they film everything in Vancouver. A lot of stuff, yeah. And there was a couple of scenes where I'm like, that kind of looks like Richmond, or uh, like Steveston, like Steveston Wharf. I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're like hmm. filming around that area. No. They filmed this movie in Bulgaria. Oh. And. A little different? It is a little different. And like, so, for example, I know that in Canada, uh, in, we have union laws here yes. that say any character that isn't a, a core for American productions. If they're casting background and uh, minor parts, they have to cast Canadian union actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the, like anyone that's not a main speaking role, main character, um, or I mean, not just main character, but like named character, usually, right? Right. Um, they have to cast those characters with Canadian union actors um mm-hmm. that's just that's the law that we have um like for example in uh cabin in the woods you seen cabin in the woods absolutely you know like the intern character yeah um that's like making bets and you know totally um he is from buffy and joss whedon and drew goddard really wanted him in the movie in particular and they had to like m- make their case to the uh uh, UBCP as to why they needed to cast this guy in this part because the union was like, no, yeah, that's a you have to cast a Canadian actor in that part. You wow, have to yeah, cast one of our guys. Um, so they had to like present their case to be like, no, like we wrote the part for him. Like, <laughs> you know, like I know it's just a small part, but like we only ever had him in mind when we were doing this. So my guess is that doctor. Was Bulgarian? Both of those doctors, Bulgarian or, or maybe European, right? The, like the one guy definitely looked like he could have been Bulgarian. The other guy looked Indian or Pakistani or Middle Eastern, but like you know maybe could have been like Turkish or something like that. I don't know if they have to cast like EU actors. Yeah, if they have a similar union law. Yeah. So that um, but like the two frat boys also had like bad ADR. Terrible ADR. Yeah. And, like, now that I think about it, a lot of their dialogue was not on camera. Yep. Um, so I'm like, oh, okay, fuck. I think a lot of the, the like, bit players were probably, like, Bulgarian actors who couldn't speak English very well or who had thick Bulgarian accents. Like, oh, baby, please, th- take off top on my boat. <laughs> and so they... And they're like, well, we can't have that because it's supposed to be fucking New Jersey or whatever. <laughs> right huh that's my theory that seems like a pretty plausible theory and it led to some incredibly baffling scenes involving really bad dialogue replacement yeah because it's also only bit players that have the bad ADR it's none of the main cast yeah it's true right like 
And then, like, ran. there's also a lot of, like, random off-screen dialogue. Like, there's a scene where one of the sheriff's deputies goes to, like, evacuate the beach. And he's like, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and she's been like, don't say crocodile, but it's get everyone off the beach. Like, don't cause a panic. Like, the beach is closed. You gotta make your way to your vehicle, please. Everything's fine. You need to get out right now. You need to get out right now. (laughs) And, like, there's, like, a line of dialogue. like, get out of the way loser boy or something like whiny boy or yeah something weird like wiener that. boy maybe something rude yeah something weird and childish <laughs> but no one says it but no one says it <laughs> he doesn't react to it yeah and there's no character with that line of dialogue coming out of their mouth yeah so so and again i turn to you with my palms facing the heavens searching for answers I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. None to be given. None None, to be given. None to be given. Um, But yeah, I I can't, I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that for you, man. I have no idea. Yep. That's my best guess though, is that they were just, they had to hire European, probably mostly Bulgarian side actors, background actors, day players kind of things to fill out those couple of roles. And so they're like, well, we can't have these thick Eastern European accents in our New Jersey movies. So we're going to dub them all over like a movie just filled with Luke Skywalker's Luke Skywalker's like in the Mandalorian. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. Oh, the, oh, the CGI AI voice. Yeah. AI voice. So weird. Um, devoid of life. Yeah. Anyway, real quick, should we talk about the titular Lake Placid versus Anaconda scene? Yeah, it'd be a good place to to wrap up. Because there's only yeah. one. Yeah, it only happens once. Yeah, um, the 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 lady who's a total psychopath who runs the the corporation corporation that wants the anacondas that was doing the research. You know, her team tracks the snake through the woods using the chips that they implanted in them or whatever. Maybe. The sheriff and the conservation officer and all the teens uh, you know. The ones that are left. The ones that are left. Three of them. Three of them all meet up uh, in this clearing and they've been chased by gators and then you know the snake shows up and fucking tail whips a crocodile in half and yeah just the tail and it's like it's like an indiana jones whip sound effect oh yeah and it just explodes in half oh it's amazing super effective look at that so that was kind of cool and then one of the crocs throws one of the male anacondas into the because they're bringing in a chopper radio for extraction yeah the the um whatever corporation people who want the antidote to life uh nope (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, the opposite of what the I opposite, yeah. throws. Anyways, yeah, throws throws a fucking anaconda into the chopper blades, and it causes it to crash. But we don't see it off screen. We just kind of see the CGI chopper spinning, and then but a lot of blood does rain down. A lot of blood rains down, and then behind the trees, way in the background, there's like some smoke, and it's like that <laughs> went so far away. Oh yeah, Real to far. crash. It was not that high. No. Uh, but the best is they kind of they shoot the last couple of gators, and she's going like, "Don't kill the." The don't kill my baby. She's oh yeah, pregnant. literally calls him, calls the anaconda my baby. Yeah, she's like, don't kill my baby. And then the the beach guy, who's like the main mercenary that's been was in the first scene with uh, Captain Hook and all that. Uh, he gets eaten, swallowed whole by the anaconda, and so he's like, fuck it, bye bye baby. And he pulls 
uh, grenade. Oh, that's pin. right. We get a, a shot of him inside, inside. Yeah. of the anaconda, and he pulls the pin of the grenade and says, "Bye, bye, baby." And it fucking explodes and then rains even more guts down on them. And then even though the grenade was directly in front of his own face, his perfectly severed head lands on the ground. Yeah, right next to the the mean lady. Oh, man. Why? So stupid. So unbelievably stupid. So stupid. Um... And then she's not even in a fun way. No, it was just annoyingly stupid. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then she's like, you know, like the paramedics have arrived or whatever. And psycho bitch is getting like cleaned up and is like, yeah, I'm going to sue your town into bankruptcy because you killed our snake. And then the sheriff's like, have fun being somebody's bitch (laughs) in prison. Yeah. And. And then another crocodile shows up. Yeah, and everyone shoots it, and and then and that's how it ends. Yeah, and then we just get a quick shot of the anaconda eggs. Oh, in right. The wood. She already laid her eggs, and then a a, a crocaconda hatches out of them. Mm-hmm. Which, Sequel, anyone? I mean, I don't know. This came out in 2015. They haven't done anything with it since. No time like the present. Weak, weak excuses. Need my I need my crocacondas. <laughs> I would watch Crocaconda even after this. I don't know. I might have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. Well uh I That mean, was I'll, it. I'll ask, but what did you think of well, what did I think of Lake Placid versus Anaconda? Yeah, what did you think? That was one big pile of shit. That is one big pile of shit. One big pile of shit. Indeed, indeed. Indeed. I'm just going to see if there is even a Rotten Tomatoes score for oh, this. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I won't be surprised if there isn't. Uh, okay, okay, I can't I can't see. Oh, there we go. No. Oh, no. There's only one official review. So there's no tomato consensus, but... Uh, what was uh, the one review? <laughs> Let's see. Thumbs down? Uh, Yeah, a made-for-cable genre film, and it's not threatening to hit the ceiling on how uh, on how good such a production could be but it doesn't fall into the basement either i'd argue that maybe it does 14 percent audience score on that one nice and low yep is bad is very bad yeah well that was a stinker it was a stinker it's nothing we can do but try again next month that's what we do yeah so uh if you want to reach out to the show we got a link tree, linktr.ee slash retrocrappod. Has all the links. You can email Facebook, Twitter. Twi- Twitter's probably the best. Send us your fanfic. Instagram. Send us that Mandalorian <laughs> sexual fanfic. I yeah. want to know. Uh, And I think that's it. Right? We don't know what we're watching next month, so. No. No. But it might be crocodile movies for it the rest might, of the it year might be, we might do it <laughs> we have enough <laughs> we have enough um yeah well anyways uh thanks for listening to this and until next time keep watching crap